Amen. Well, it's good to be in church tonight. Amen. It's good to see everybody. I'll try not to be real long, but I feel like I have a word for you tonight, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I've been praying for this service for quite some time, and I know God at the end of this service is going to move by his power in your life. Tonight, I want to talk about having confidence in time of crisis. Having confidence in time of crisis. What is a crisis? A crisis is a time of intense difficulty. It's a time of trouble or a time of danger. A crisis can be a critical point in our lives. A crisis can be a turning point, a crossroad, or maybe even a critical moment in our lives. We've all been through crisis. At some point in our lives, we've been at a critical moment, and we needed God to come through. How many has ever needed God to come through? If God did not come through, you are not going to make it. How many has ever been there tonight? I've got both hands up. We all know that we should pray more and trust God more, but for some reason, we don't. We all struggle with the question, why don't I pray as I ought to? Well, I think the answer tonight is fairly simple. We don't pray as we ought to because we are self-sufficient. Got real quiet. We're self-sufficient. The Bible calls that pride. We are too proud to admit that we are in need. My pride makes me think that I can handle and work things out myself with a little bit of help now and then from God. But let me tell you something tonight, church. If we have that attitude and that approach, we'll fail every time. Do we really believe the words of Jesus when he said these words? Without me, you can do nothing. Say that with me. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. Say that. Come on. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. So tonight, is it true to say that the Lord allows a crisis to show me my great need so I will look to my great God in prayer and trust him to work it all out. Interesting. The story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles, and that's my passage tonight. If you want to turn to it, that'll be fine. I'm going to break that chapter up in several verses and give you some points tonight that can help all of us. And the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles shows us how to have confidence in crisis. Not confidence in ourselves. That's the American way. Amen? But confidence in God. What is confidence? Confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Confidence is a firm trust in something or someone. Confidence is a belief. It's a faith. Confidence is feeling certain about the truth. In this story, that I'm about to read, King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, was a man who followed the Lord, but was shaken one morning when he was made aware of a serious crisis or a critical moment that was about to take place in Jerusalem. And I'm going to read this story. The Moabites and the Ammonites were coming to make war on King Jehoshaphat. And if you look at chapter 20, verse 1, it says these words, After this, the Moabites and Ammonites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. 
some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together, say they came together, to seek help from the Lord. Now let me pause here. Would you imagine, can you imagine, if the churches in this city would come together to seek help from the Lord? And to pray for our city, to pray for our churches, to pray for our loved ones, our nation. Can you imagine what God would do in this city if we would come together? Listen here. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Now, in these first four verses I just read, we see that there is a great need. Here's a vast army coming. Jehoshaphat is king. And they're coming to destroy. Now look how Jehoshaphat handled the news concerning this army that's coming. Let me tell you something here. He called a national prayer meeting. A national prayer meeting. He said, we're going to pray first. We're not going to fight. We're going to pray first. Now it would have been very human to panic or to become angry with God. Why? King Jehoshaphat was a man of God. He followed God. He honored God. He obeyed God. He was led by God. So it would be human for him to panic or become angry. God, what are you doing? What are you doing in this moment? I've honored you. I've been faithful. I've trusted you. And now this army's coming to destroy us. That's just like us sometimes, isn't it? Lord, I've been faithful and I've been obedient. I'm a member of the church. I serve in the church. I give to the church. I love the church. I've been obedient, faithful. Why did you bring this crisis in my life? Why am I battling this crossroad in my life? And we say this, don't we? I don't deserve it. It's not fair. What are you doing, God? I've been faithful. I've honored you. I've obeyed you. I've done the best I could. Why this crisis now in my life? But Jehoshaphat did not complain. He did not get angry. He prayed. He prayed. And in those moments of crisis, it's so easy for us to get critical. Or we become, we, 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 we develop a, a complaining spirit to where we start criticizing everything. Nobody wants to hang around critical, complaining people. We want to hang around people who's uplifting, who has faith. Even though the storm and crisis comes, we know who we serve, and it's going to be okay. But we tend to complain and murmur, and we start trusting in ourselves instead of trusting in God. Let me continue. Prayer was his strongest weapon. King Jehoshaphat humbled himself before God. Now, that was a difficult thing for a king to do. But in front of all of his people, he could have said, gather up the army. We're going to fight. I'm leading this battle. But he said, no, we're going to humble ourselves, and we're going to call people in from all over, and we're going to seek God. 
He needed God to show up in this situation. And I'm a firm believer tonight, God is never early. He's never late. He's right on time. That's the word for you tonight. Now, here's just a few points I want to discuss in this story, and I want to share with you, and I believe it can help all of us tonight. They began to pray. They came together and began to seek the Lord. So if you want to take notes here, number one, Jehoshaphat committed the situation to God in prayer. When we're in a crisis, when we're in a storm, the first thing we have to do is to commit the situation to God in prayer. We have to acknowledge that God and only God can help us. The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, all your ways, say all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. The Bible also says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Sounds easy, right? But yet so difficult. In a crisis, if we pray at all, what do we usually pray? God, fix it now. I can't take it no more. Fix it right now. I want relief right now. It's like a two-year-old that wants his sucker back. I want it now. Those who have kids. I want it now. I don't want to wait. I want it now. That's not the way God works. You know how God works? They that wait on the Lord shall renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. If we're not careful, we can miss out on what God is trying to teach us in time of crisis. Let me read verse 5 and 6. We see now they've gathered together and they begin to pray. Now they reveal their great God. Listen to this. Verse 5 and 6. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord God of our fathers, you are, not, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Jehoshaphat began to declare the greatness of God. He began to focus on the attributes of God. When we are in a crisis and we need God to move, this is how I feel. We don't need to come to the Lord and just dump our garbage on the Lord. Listen to me. We need to talk about how great our God is. We need to remind him how great he is and how worthy that he is. We need to remind him of his attributes. That's what Jehoshaphat did here. God is spirit. God is eternal. God is unchangeable. God is full of wisdom. Lord, you're full of power. God, you're holy. Lord, you're justice. You're good. You're trustworthy. Father, you are loving. Jesus, you are righteous and merciful. God, you're faithful, and you are sovereign. That's the way we approach the Lord. Remind him how good he is, and then bring your petition to the Lord in your needs because he knows what you need before you even ask. It's how we approach our Father. 
So after Jehoshaphat reminded God of his goodness, he recites God's actions in verse 7, 8, and 9. Listen to this. Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and you will save us. Man, that's powerful. That is powerful. He comes to the Lord in prayer. He reminds God of his goodness and his greatness and how he has the ability to change the situation because he's done it before. And I want to tell you tonight, church, if you're facing something in your life right now, God has been faithful to you before. He can do it again. So we don't need to doubt and worry and develop a complaining spirit and a critical spirit. God's not pleased with that. We need to give it to him in prayer first. Amen? Let me go on. That's number one, commit the situation to God in prayer. Number two, in verse 15, he said this, the Lord speaks through a prophet, a Levite here now, get the picture, and the Lord says these words through a Levite, a prophet. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. I like this right here. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Say that with me. The battle is not mine. Say it with me. The battle is not mine, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. You will not have to fight this battle, verse 17, Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Number two, Jehoshaphat had to face the enemy. You've got to commit the situation to God in prayer, number one. When you do that, you're going to have to face the devil. Here's the key. If you haven't heard anything I said tonight, please listen to this right now. Even though the battle is not yours, but God's, you still have to prepare yourself for war by putting on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil. Flip over real quick to Ephesians chapter 6. Real quick, and we'll flip back. Ephesians chapter 6. Is this helping anybody tonight? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 6. You've got to take your stand armed with God's word. Listen, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Say, be strong. And in his mighty power, put on the full armor, say full armor, of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The Lord has given us direction here. He's preparing us for the crisis. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, the Bible says, stand firm. Say, stand firm. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit. Well, that should get somebody excited tonight. I thought I'd have about 500 amens right there. Put on the full armor of God. Take your position during times of crisis. Be strong in God. Be bold. Be courageous. David had to face Goliath. Everybody remember that story? David had to face Goliath. He was out one day in the field tending sheep, minding his own business. And his father called for him and said, you need to take some food down to your brothers down in battle. Y'all know the story. So David takes food down, I'm paraphrasing, he takes food down to his brothers in battle. And he sees this nine-foot giant come out, this Philistine come out, and starts mocking the God of Israel. Well, that makes David mad. Everybody else is running scared. Everybody else was petrified because this giant come out to kill everybody, to slay everybody. But David says, you're not going to mock my God. David was determined. David was fearless. David was bold. David was confident because he knew who his God was. <laughs> it's funny, they begin to put the armor on David, and you know the story. He says, take this stuff off me. I can't fight with this armor of man. I've got the armor of God that's on me. I've got the armor of God. And he looks at the Philistine, the nine-foot giant, and says, you come to me with spear and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And you know the rest. Picked up five stones, one for Goliath and four for his brothers. He knew what he was about to do. Listen, God will use the least likely to succeed. Mm, that's a word for somebody. God will use the least likely to succeed to see God's glory fulfilled. Well, I can't do that. I can't stand up against the enemy. I'm weak. I'm weary. Come on. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know who you are in Christ? The same power that raised our Christ from the dead dwells in each and every one of us tonight. Amen? Look at Moses. He had to face the enemy. He marched right in and looked at Pharaoh and said, enough's enough. 400 years of slavery, let my people go. And it happened. But he had to face the enemy. Look at the three boys in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar built a golden idol and says, if you don't bow down and worship that, I'll throw you into the fire. Well, you know what they did. He threw them into the fire. They said, we will not worship your God. We will worship only the God Jehovah. 
We're not going to worship your false God. Throw us in the fire. Do what you must do. If our God saves us, great. If he don't, that's fine as well. We know where we're headed. So you know what happened. He threw him into the fire, turned it up seven times hotter. And all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, didn't you throw three men in the fire? Well, yes, we did. Well, I see four men in the fire. I see four men in the fire, and they're all dancing around. They look free. They're unharmed. They're unbound. They're dancing around. They're free in the Lord. Not a stench of smell of smoke was on them. Mm. That's the power of our God. But he had to face the enemy. And lastly, Jesus had to face the devil. After a 40-day fast in the wilderness, the devil came to him and started to tempt our Savior. And he conquered him with the word. And the devil flee. We have to face the enemy. I must commit my need to God. I must seek him, trust him, obey him, stand strong against the enemy, and my God will show up and he will show out. I guarantee it. Listen to this. The same God that will fight your battle is the same God that will give you victory. Did you hear me tonight? Listen, if you're going through something tonight, the same God that will fight your battle Remember, the battle is not yours, it's his. The same God that will fight your battle is the same God that will give you victory. I believe it tonight. Listen, crisis in our lives builds our faith. It brings hope, it brings strength and confidence in our walk with God. And I'm going to say a big statement right here, and I want you to catch this, what I'm about to say. Don't you run from crisis. Embrace it. Mmm. Don't you run from crisis. Embrace it. Come on, somebody, face it head on. Face it head on. God is with you. He said he never leave you nor forsake you. Is that true? So what are you worried about? We all go through issues and problems. We all face issues and crisis and crossroads and critical moments in our lives. But how we react to that moment determines how we're going to overcome or we're going to be defeated. This is how you overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Here's another way you overcome. You ready for this? When you learn how to live in today's troubles and still speak tomorrow's destiny. Listen, when you learn how to live in today's troubles and you can still have the strength to stand up and speak tomorrow's destiny. Come on, somebody. You've got to, you're going to make it. You've got to press on. Let me hurry and finish. We're going to have some prayer time. Number one, commit the situation to God in prayer. Number two, face the enemy. Number three, I love this. Verse 18, you ready? Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worship before the Lord. Then some Levites stood up and praised the Lord with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. Man, you've got a calling on your life to be a leader. Man, listen to me tonight. You're the priest of your home. You should be the lead worshiper of your home. 
He appointed men. And listen what happened. Appointed men to start singing and praising God for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now I like this, verse 22. As they began to sing and praise God, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were all defeated. Number three. The power of praise was released across the battlefield. Number three, you've got to release your praise. Come on, you've got to release your praise. When you're standing in a crisis, begin to lift your voice and sing praises to God. I'm telling you, it works. Begin to sing how good God is and how great he is. He can break every chain. Yes, he can. There's power in the name of Jesus. As you begin to go through your crisis, you walk the halls of your home and you said, there is power in your name, God. You are great and you're greatly to be praised. You're holy, you're righteous, you're unchangeable. God, you are spirit. Father, you have the answer. You are in control. And I give you praise right now before the uh, solution even happens. I give you praise right now in the midst of the storm. Never go to battle without your weapon of praise. There's power in your praise. At midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing praises to God. And you know what happened. The jail was shaken and the chains fell off and they walked right out of their crisis. There are people in here tonight in a crisis. And let me tell you something, it's almost midnight. It's 11.59. It's almost midnight. Somebody's about to get their breakthrough. Healing is on its way. Come on, deliverance is on the way. Salvation is on its way. Help is on its way. Favor is on its way. Restoration is on its way. Joy is on its way. Peace is on its way. Strength is on its way. It's almost midnight. Come on, listen to me. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. It's almost midnight. Don't you give up. The devil is a lie. Satan, you are a liar. And I come against you in this place right now. I know your tactic, devil. You've come to torment people's minds. That's where it starts, in the people's minds. But I bind that tonight in Jesus' name. Help is on the way from our great God. The Bible says, church, look at me. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Give me healing is here, please, guys. Let me finish up here. Commit the situation to God in prayer. Number two, face the enemy. Number three, release your praise. And let me finish up this story because here's a great finish in this passage. (laughs) Verse 24. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army... They saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. Now see what happened was, when the Lord said ambush, is this what happened? The armies turned on each other. Go read it. They turned on each other and started killing each other. What the devil meant for evil, God will always turn it around for the good. They began to attack each other until every one of them was dead. You tell me my God can't do anything in your life? You kidding me? He can do anything. 
Nothing's impossible with Jesus. So in verse 24, they only saw dead bodies on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, grabbed all their stuff, got all their stuff. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, also articles of value more than they could even take away. There was so much plunder, there was so much stuff that it took three days to collect it. God will give you back what the enemy has stolen. I'm speaking that over somebody tonight. Listen to me. God will give you back what the enemy has stolen. Matter of fact, he will give you more than enough. He will give you more stuff you did not even deserve. You will get it because you've been faithful. Because you committed the situation to God in prayer. Because you faced the enemy, even though you felt weak in spirit and body. You stood toe-to-toe with the enemy. It says, my God is greater. You come to me, devil, with all of these tactics and all of these problems, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And you got to release your praise. Don't let the enemy take your praise. Don't let him take your praise. The Bible says you were created to praise to defeat the enemy. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to shut your mouth so you lose all hope and joy and peace and you don't have the strength to carry on. But my God is greater. Amen? Let me read something to you tonight. This card was given to me yesterday. And it was a message of encouragement. And I want to read it to you. It goes right along with my message. The person did not have a clue what I was preaching on tonight. But here's the card that I received. You ready? It's called the oak tree. Listen to this. A mighty wind blew day and night. It stole the oak tree's leaves away. Then snapped its boughs and pulled its bark until the oak was tired and stark. But still the oak tree held its ground while others' trees Other trees fell all around. The weary wind gave up and spoke. How can you still be standing, oak? The oak tree said, I know that you can break each branch of mine in two. Carry every leaf away. Shake my limbs and make me sway. But I have roots stretched in the earth. Growing stronger since my birth. You'll never touch them for you see. They are the deepest part of me. Until today, I wasn't sure of just how I could endure. But now I've found, with thanks to you, I'm stronger than I ever knew. Wow. How timely. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future, not to harm you. But then he goes on in the verse, next verse says, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There's strength in you. There's more strength in you than you can imagine. (laughs) And tonight, God wants to set you free. I know God's going to do something in this place tonight. If you're in a crisis, I don't care what it is. You may need healing. 
You may need restoration. You may have lost loved ones. You may need a miracle. You may need a breakthrough financially, spiritually, mentally, physically. And you need God to show up. It's been tough. You've been in a battle. But I want you to have the courage. I want you to have the courage to step out of that aisle tonight, out of that pew and come down this way and face the enemy toe-to-toe and give it to Jesus. If that's you, come now. Come now. Come on and stand tonight. I want to pray with you. Come on, I'm going to anoint you tonight. Come on. Come on. It takes courage. Don't let pride rob you of God's blessing. Come on, if you're thinking about it, you should have already been down here. Come on, you know how this works. Come on. Step out by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Just stand across. Altar workers, if I can get some, some help. Oh, healing is here. Sing it, guys. Come on, Ashley. Healing is here. Healing is here. Come on, come on. Line up across here. I'm going to pray with you. Healing is here. And Lord, I receive it tonight. Come on. And I receive it. David, can you help me tonight? Healing is here. Healing is here. Come on, move forward. Come a little closer. Come closer. Come closer. And healing is here. And healing is here. And I believe it. Sing it tonight, church. Come on. And I believe it. Come on, let's reach our hands to the heavens tonight. I reach my hands. I reach my hands to the heavens. Sing it out. I look to you, God. I look to you. My rock, my healer. I trust in you. Ron, can you come help me, Ron? I lift my hands to the heavens. I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes. I look to you. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Touch my brother tonight. By your power and your spirit. Receive it, brother. Receive tonight. God, touch him. God, from his head to his feet. In the name of Jesus. Touch. There it is. the crisis. In the name of the Lord, I give you praise. God, I stand strong tonight. In the name of Jesus. Touch your knee tonight, God, by your power and your spirit. God, you have the answer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you help me? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, reach reach up to heaven tonight.
Thank you, Lord. You've been praying for it. You've been praying for it. Praying for your marriage. Receive it, my God. I just pray for Mike in the name of Jesus. Oh, I reach my hands. I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in. Anybody else need prayer tonight? Come on, we want to pray for you. And I receive it. Oh, freedom is here. Oh, freedom. Come on, don't leave tonight discouraged. Oh, yes. Come on, don't leave with your crisis tonight. Let God take care of it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah. stay and worship and just pray a little bit. I'll be here. If you want me to pray with you, I'm here for a few more minutes. If you feel like you need to step out tonight, you dismiss. But let's kind of keep the atmosphere reverent. Can we do that? If we have conversation, can we take that outside so people can pray tonight and seek the Lord? Can we do that? So if you want to stay and worship the Lord for a few more minutes tonight, you're welcome to. If you need prayer, I'm right here. Our team's here. We want to minister to you tonight. Okay? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh God.